Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Killer Instinct for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Killer Instinct was developed by Rare and published by Nintendo in North America in August of 1995, and then in Europe in September of 1995. All right. Less than 30 days later. Nice. And in Japan, never. Oh. They did not get a Super Nintendo release of this game. Interesting. Very interesting. Now, of course, this game is based on the arcade game of the same name, Mm -hmm. and it was released uh, in 1994, also developed by Rare, published... uh, or distributed by Midway. Right. And this game was uh, developed by Ken Lobb. Ken Lobb makes his move. You said it before I could. I can't, man. (laughs) I can't help it. (laughs) And uh, he has an interesting career. He started out uh, with Taxan. Okay. Uh, He worked on Buru Fighter, Low G-Man, G.I. Joe, uh, uncredited on the Atlantis Factor. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, Then he moved to Namco, and there they were like, hey, we need pitches for fighting games. Sure. And he pitched this game at the time called Melee, and they said, no thanks, and instead went with uh, the game that became Weapon Lord. Ah, yes. Uh, Did you ever play that for the Super Nintendo? Oh, yes. Oh, wow. I I never did. I looked it up. It looks ridiculous. uh, I'd be interested in covering it because since I remember renting it, and I I was super pumped for this intense medieval yeah, it looks like a medieval weapon-based fighting game. Yeah. It also looks like uh, every character has about three frames of animation per second. Yeah, well, it's it, I found it hard to control, but it's interesting in a way because I guess it's the game that kind of went on to become what would be, what we would know as the Soul Calibur series. Soul Blade, Soul Edge, all that jazz. Oh, wow. Which made me kind of want to go back and check it out, but I... Spoilers, I will say I remember renting it and was not impressed. Yeah, well... Maybe they should have gone with uh, Ken's, Ken's uh, pitch there because he held it in his back pocket and uh, eventually started working for Nintendo and they were trying to figure out they needed their own killer app, as you would say. Sure. The fighting games were all the rage and he pitched this game to Nintendo and Rare and they said, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. And so they made it. Uh, you know, they people were worried that this game would be uh, hamstrung and it would be a violent or cool because of Nintendo, but they had realized that the rating system would be out by the time that this game was released oh yes and therefore they were just like no no we're not gonna hamstring them they can do whatever they want cool uh now this game's music was done by the duo of robin beanland and graham norgate some super Mm. british sounding names there yeah (laughs) you know and uh they are better known for doing all the music on goldeneye oh okay that's not the only GoldenEye connection, because uh, Ken Lobb also worked on GoldenEye. He was a special thanks on that. I'm not sure what his official. But his biggest uh, impact on many gamers' lives would be as the namesake for the gun, the Clob. I was about to ask about that. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> K-Lob. Yes, K-Lob. Uh, I guess they got they weren't able to use the real name of whatever gun that was. Oh, okay. And as a joke, they put that in for him, and it stuck. It's not a very good gun in the game. Sure, sure. But, I mean, as we can attest, man, that's lodged in your memory from hundreds of hours of versus action in the GoldenEye universe. So many, yes. The Clob. And then uh, one more thing to note is that this game was so hardcore that when it was released for the Super Nintendo, it came in a black cartridge. Yes, it did. So if you... Sticks out there in your little rack of games. Yeah, you had that. What Maximum Carnage was red. Mm, Yep. Was there an orange Nickelodeon game or was that just their VHS tapes? I don't know. Maybe. I, I wouldn't be surprised, but if there was an orange one, I didn't see it. Nor did I. Now, this game, of course, had many sequels, or at least two, I think, uh, big sequels. One of those, of course, was for the Nintendo 64, mm-hmm. and then eventually a, another one for the Xbox. Xbox One, I think? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, and that was in uh, 2013. Wow. I, wow, that totally skipped past me. Uh, I think that console skipped past a lot of people. <laughs> well, I, you know, it's it's easy to skip past this uh, crusty old curmudgeon. Uh, 
Well, Nick, what kind of game is Killer Instinct? It is a one-on-one fighting game. Uh, Yes, it is. And being an arcade game ported to the Super Nintendo, luckily the Super Nintendo had all of the buttons necessary to handle this conversion. Surely. Very lucky. Uh, Because this game is, well, I don't know what you would consider it, um, I guess more like an SNK fighting game in terms Uh, of controls. It's definitely got its own kind of identity, I guess. You know, it, it breaks certain conventions that were laid down by Street Fighter that most games aped. So it does kind of stand out a little. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how we're going to break it down, but let's just say that you have a lot of uh, standard fighting game moves as your basics. You've got, you know, a uh, light, heavy and medium attack mm-hmm. and kick. Yeah. Of those same three. Mm-hmm. You've got a block. You sure do. Pressing back. You can yeah, you can duck and you can also jump by pressing up. Yeah. So, you know, those conventions are the same. But I think what makes this really different is the fact that there are these combos in the game. Yeah. And I, can they be like infinite? No, no. It's uh, it's an interesting approach because... Uh, spoiler alert. I'm not good at these combos. So I never... <laughs> <laughs> who knows how far they go? Well, it's this game employs what I have since come to know as command input combos at least that's what they call them in the street fighter community where you know you you can do ultra combos or 20 plus hits in this game or you know you get oh some wow really, really? i think yes, my but, max was four or six somewhere in that realm okay okay well and and the key is that you're not pressing the button 24 times so you oh okay yeah it's like you enter a sequence it's almost like a rhythm thing where when you stop doing your combo, then you can do uh, another move. There's an interesting kind of formula to it that allows you to know what to hit next, kind of. And they're all different for the different characters, so it's, you know, it's it's interesting. Well, that's a lot. It's, it's basically a kind of five-part formula. And with the combos, the most basic ones, they have what the uh, manual refers to as an auto-double, where... You either jump in and do a a jumping attack, and then when you land, you hit the appropriate button, and you'll go into a three or four hit combo and just be done. I think I did that a few times. Yeah, yeah. And the way you know what to hit depends on what button you use to initiate the combo or attack. In this example, you know, if you use a jump in attack, any of your forward movement attacks will also work as the initiator of a combo. Oh, okay. But if you use... Either of the light attack buttons, you know, your punch or kick for your your jump in hit, say, just, then you, you just hit the the other light button, for example, from punch to kick or vice versa, and you'll go into your little auto double two or three, four. And then for the other ones, you you have to do kind of a, a cross up where if you go from the, the fierce kick, you would go to a, a medium punch to do the auto double and or vice versa. And the same thing with fierce punch to medium kick fierce kick to medium punch yeah sorry <laughs> getting lost there hence uh my my longest string of maybe six combo and, and you know that's that's where you get it um and then typically at this point you can tack on a few extra hits by doing a an ending kind of where for example jago has a what is essentially a dragon punch mm-hmm. so if you you jump in do your auto double and then if you time it just right so when you're done with your auto double you do the uh, I don't even know what it's called, tiger punch or something. It's it's slightly different, but it, it's essentially a dragon punch, and that will tack on a few more hits, get you okay. up to maybe six, seven. The the key is that after an auto double, there's everyone has at least one kind of move that the manual calls a linker. I, I think I can figure out what that does. Yeah, so you do that, and then you can use that to trigger another auto double. Again, depending on which button you used on that linker, that'll tell you which one you need to get the, the auto double and then do your ender, for example. I'm fam- familiar with ender's game. But dra- <laughs> so, yeah, so it's kind of a five-part combo formula where it's, you know, jump in, auto double, linker, auto double, ender. Wow, it's definitely more complicated than I had imagined. Uh, it's actually not as bad as it sounds because while everyone's got different attack moves, they all use the same kind of button, uh, same corresponding buttons to all of your doubles and such. So basically, once you figure out a few moves for a linker, you know, everyone's got at least one, maybe more. Uh, some of them are tougher to time than others, I, at least I found. And you can start to kind of put it in and out of all of the all of the characters have the same formula. So you can, okay. you can transfer that over. Sort now, of. What I do like is that 
Now, what I do like is that there is a special name for every number of hits in a combo or type of combo. Yeah, and when you you pull it off, the the game will tell you, you know, master combo or or what. Yeah, let's go through this super quick. We've got uh, at three hits, and they each go up by one. Mm-hmm. Is the triple super, then hyper, then mm-hmm. brutal, yeah, then the yeah, master combo, the awesome combo, the blaster combo, the monster combo, and then the final three are the king. The killer, which is 12 through 19. If you can get above 20, ultra combo. That's right. And ultra combos are, you know, they're they're the biggest and longest, fanciest ones, but they can only be performed on opponents who are almost dead. Okay, when they get that flashing energy bar situation. Yep. So you can't always pull those off. They're kind of like a finisher in a way. Which- now, it sounds like these combos are daunting. And once someone has you in their combo throws, you're... You're out of luck. Yes. But you're not out of luck. That's right, because there's the famous combo breaker. And every character has a combo breaker. Yes. But it's different for each person, right? Yeah, it is a, a different... It's generally it's one of move. their... Yeah, one of their special moves will double as a combo breaker, and you can use that... Uh, it's kind of interesting because, you know, you can use that as your to break out of a combo in between any of those steps in that five-part... F- combo formula okay but there are also other combo breakers that you can do if uh which is something i've never been able to do because if you can tell that the opponent is using say a medium strength attack or whatever you can use like a quick a light attack move to break it and then and what are the official names of these moves it's quick there's quick medium and fierce and fierce okay yeah so that was also very confusing when looking at move sets yeah yeah it's (laughs) Uh, and so quick will break medium, medium breaks fierce, and fierce breaks quick. And that's if you, you hit them in the middle of like one of their linkers. Okay. So you can just use that. However, this requires you to be able to tell what button they pressed or, or you or know what I mean? strength of move. You'd have to really memorize every character's like yes. body language. So I, I was never able to take advantage of that. But the other kind of more standard one is you can kind of just mash and hope that you'll come out in the middle or at the right spot and break a combo okay now in addition to uh those differences from your standard street fighter game the other big difference is the way it handles health and rounds this was definitely the first game i ever played that was like this where instead of being defeated and losing a round when your life meter is depleted you just stand back up and the opponent keeps there life meter where it is so it's just like two meters in a row i think marvel versus capcom kind of went this way when they started getting into the tag team stuff yeah yeah so and you have a straight up 100 second time limit for the entire fight interesting now one of the ways it does ape other games is that at the end of the match you do have some options on how to finish your opponent yeah you have your your no mercies your humiliations and those are kind of uh takeoffs of the mortal Kombat. Yeah. Friendship, babality, all that. Yeah, yeah. They clearly, you know, they were picking and choosing from several established uh, franchises at this point. And then what is the last breath? Oh, well, that what happens is you, when you finally defeat someone's second life meter, you know, they'll be standing there. And if you can just button mash fast enough, you can come back to life. With just a very little bit of health, though. Very right? little, yes. But it's it, it's really on them to screw up because it takes... I don't even know, seconds, three, four, you know, you're really just going at it. I, it's not something that I was ever able to do regularly. You know, it's kind of a minor miracle. Okay. This was also a game that I don't think it introduced it, but it was one of the first ones where that I understood as a player where it has what is called the top attack, which is an unblockable attack. So if someone is turtling or whatever, you can do, oh, okay. you know, it, it doesn't really factor into combos and stuff, but it, it, it helps you to stop people. Now, when you start this game up, you are given a few options. You can uh, play a normal mode, arcade style. You can do a tournament with your friends. Yeah, the tournament is cool. It's a it's That's a super awesome feature for a fighting game to have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but it also, very importantly, has a practice mode. Yeah, also pretty cool. Where you just fight an enemy that just stands there. Yeah, which is nice because in almost any fighting game, you're going to spend some time doing that anyways. This saves you the trouble of being having to set up a second a second player and just not doing anything, you know? And it takes away the time limit, so you can just goof around, figure it out, however you need. Yeah. But there's also a options menu. That's right. You get several several options you can change. Or you can change the difficulty. Uh-huh. uh-huh. 
And what is that? Do you know what that does on any level? Like, does it I think it's damage they do, or is it just the AI? I'm not sure. I think it's both. Most fighting games are pretty typically like they're kind of balanced for you to be in the middle. And if you increase it beyond that, then the enemy just gets stronger and cheaper. I, I don't know specifically to Killer Instinct or, or and you know, if you, if you go lower, they just get dumber and, you know, they can still do some damage, but they don't block as often certain things. So I, I think it's a little bit of both. And in the option menu, you can also turn the timer off if you like. Um, you can turn on okay. easy combo breakers. Uh, does uh, it just like make the timing fast, like window bigger? Yeah, it's it's more forgiving. Uh, you can you have a random select option for your character choices. And most importantly of all, you can map your controller buttons to your preference. Yes, which is important because the original layout is a little weird. It is, but I kind of get it once you because the way the way they lay it out is so that, you know, you have your quick moves as your L and R. And since both of those are the ones you're going to use for your auto double, mm -hmm. you can just remember, like, if you're, you know, if you hit them with R, you double to L. And then the way they've laid out the mediums uh. and fierces, it makes a little cross on the your four button Super Nintendo pad there. So you would know A to Y and vice versa doubles as well as X and B. Oh, that is kind of nice. Well, instead, I switched mine to the control scheme that uh, you, uh, I guess, got me into a billion years ago. Oh, I putting the mediums up top? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I had to switch back and go against it because I was like, oh, okay, right. <laughs> this is, I mean, you can learn it either way, but uh, their default mode actually has some merit to it here, I think. Yeah, it just, it, it hurt my brain in the way I'm used <laughs> to playing fighting games on a controller. Yeah, yeah. So another thing that I've found kind of interesting about this game is that you have all these different characters and stuff, which vary quite wildly, but unlike mm, Street they Fighter, they're normal moves like you know the strength and speeds and blah 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 like they seem much less distinct i would agree you know it, it's not like one character is taking a lot less damage than others because they have a higher endurance or strength things vice versa which is kind of disappointing because it does remove some of the complexity between the characters but it's it can also make it a little more palatable i suppose yeah, it definitely makes it so that when you're playing with uh, someone that definitely knows the game a little better, they don't just get to pick the stronger or faster character. Oh, yeah, or counter pick you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And when you're just randomly picking two characters to fight with your son, no one's really out <laughs> outclassed. Right, right. And, you know, normally we would talk about all of the different characters in a game and whatnot, but we're going to save that for our, quote, level by level, since, you know, we yeah. could just talk about the eight backgrounds of the game, but that's <laughs> yeah. no fun for anyone. Well, Nick, this is a game published by the Big N. Uh, they kind of claim it as their flagship fighting game. Mm-hmm. And fighting games have a lot going on in terms of controls. So I'm hoping that this is a top-notch instruction booklet. Well, sir, I would I would say so. This is a 27-page a full-color manual. 27 pages? Yeah. And full-color? Yeah, yeah. It, there, there's no true artwork, but there's lots of screenshots and shots of the, the arcade character models. Oh, that's interesting, because I was going to talk about that a little later on. Yeah, I'm not sure you'd want people to see those uh arcade models especially in comparison to the in-game graphics here i know what you're saying but it's a little less it's a little less brazen than the donkey kong country manual where there are no screenshots i feel like they at least own up to it here okay uh, so does this go into the uh bizarre story of the game it does and it is a, a it is a strange story because well let's real quick talk about the other big games we've covered it's like an ancient fighting tournament yeah yeah and of one sort of another you know, secreted away in the world where they have to collect the greatest fighters on the planet to save us or fulfill a prophecy. Yeah, yeah. And this one is very opposite of that. Yeah, kind of. It, it's really weird because the the manual gives you a prologue that I guess might come up in some endings. So I don't really remember it where it's like two great warlords armies have been defeated and they are locked in battle with the world itself as the prize. But then they were trapped by some heroes with a spell 
and then that never comes up again. So I don't know what that's all about. Uh, but we're in the future now where this is a kind of cyberpunk mega corporation world. Yeah, I was just so confused by what you told me seconds ago, because I thought this game all revolved around this cyberpunk corporation. It does. The The corporation is ultra tech and it has a it's kind of like running man, kind of, you know, where they have a big popular fighting tournaments and yeah. various people are but they also like own like a weapons division and yeah yeah it's sort of chemical thing like they have they have their fingers in many different pies all of those pies are evil yeah they're all evil but they're not just in the running man style tv show business right right so it's uh yeah it's kind of interesting um but you know you know i'll take what i can get i you know and all the characters of course have their own little reasons they are in or forced to be in the tournament and these are some very thin reasons which we'll get to later i, yeah. I feel like uh definitely stories were loosely grafted onto characters that were made yeah yeah and i, I think the manual actually does a really good job of explaining the combos gives okay. you, gives you a little uh you know, like I said, that kind of formula and stuff, it's in there. It's got... Oh, that's in the manual. Yeah, and it's even got, like, a picture of the controller that shows you which ones, you know, with the default setup, which buttons auto-double into each other. Oh, okay. So that's that's actually really nice. It's got each, each character gets, like, a half-page listing of all of their moves. What they're all of them? There's not even, like, a couple, like, question mark, question marks? No, I think there may be more, but, you know, it's like you got to figure out what the linkers are or which ones okay. function as this or that. But it does tell you it tells you how to do their ultra combos, uh, combo breakers in special blah, blah, blah. You know, it, it gives you some good uh, some good stuff to start with, but it doesn't quite explain everything, but it definitely lets you know what all your your tools are. OK, yeah. So I, I give it some. uh I give it points for that. It, I highly recommend checking it out if for no other reason than to look at the bizarre font they use to head up all of their little chapters. It's it's like a tribal tattoo font. It's very extreme oh, wow. in 90s, and it's almost illegible. The KI for Killer Instinct has that kind of tribal look to it to a little bit. Yeah, this stuff is... Even more I don't so. Know. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's I'm going to have stuff. to check that out. I, I highly recommend it, and it does conclude with three memo pages. Oh, you know, I love those, so. Unfortunately, the background of these is all, like, orange and yellow with white lines. It's it, I was like, this looks very hard to read on. I guess it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you could write your notes there, and, and it wouldn't be able to be photocopied or something. You know, but... <laughs> Maybe, maybe. I imagine it would look better if you could write in that tribal tattoo font perhaps and, and how do you know i can i don't well this this manual's for you so nick what was your personal history with killer instinct not only for the super nintendo but the arcade i remember playing it in the arcade and Thinking it looked interesting, but didn't get far. But I owned this for the Super Nintendo. I thought you might have. Uh, I remember seeing it in the arcade as well. But I mean, that was at the time where there was just a glut of fighting games. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. You had were. this. You had, you know, the big two. You had time. Was it time? Time warriors? Time killers? Time killers. That's a uh, rare but awesome one. That was my favorite. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And there was a uh, primal rage. There was they had world heroes on the Neo Geo. I liked that one. Yeah, there was you know everyone was trying to get their niche in there. Yeah, and for I sure. didn't even give this one quarter. I yeah, it was a little too tough for me in the arcade. But and I honestly don't remember if I owned this or my brother did. But you know we had the black cart and okay. I, I I played a ton of it. I knew all the characters. I could do almost all the ultra combos. I had I had it all down. Man. Yeah, and I. I never played this on the Super Nintendo. I yeah, I, I I mean the majority of my experience was with that. Uh, I, I have some specific memories playing because despite what I may have said earlier about it being a little more palatable for the beginner, you know, nobody even played street fighting games with me, so it was just one of these flashier ways to destroy my friends. Yes, but but I must say and give credit to the only one who who was a true rival for me was our good friend Larry. 
listener and friend oh. of the show, Dragon really? Slayer to some. Yeah, no, he he got into it and was the only one who ever challenged me truly, uh, despite being several years younger. Yeah, that's and at that time that would have been quite the uh, little age gap there. So yeah, it was humiliating and frustrating when the times I would lose, but you know, <laughs> good times for all. I was not into fighting games, and you know, just because this was on the Super Nintendo meant nothing to me. I do know that you had the the prowess in the universe. I didn't realize it was forged here on the Super Nintendo one as as harshly as it was because I played the N64 version with you. Mm, yes. A few times. And by play, I mean, just get brutally comboed for I... long strings uh, <laughs> ending in a, a quick defeat. Yes, yes. It's uh, it's interesting because I, I remember playing a lot of it on N64, but I, I don't remember who owned it. I... I... Because I it, didn't. I think it might have been our friend Sean. Uh, maybe. I, I to be honest with you, as weird as this sounds, I I only remember playing it at school. Yes. Yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. Same here. Yeah. Uh, so side note, um, I moved out Air Force Brett, moved around a lot. When I ended up at the school Nick uh, had gone to in the district his entire life, uh, I ended up with a ton more credits than I needed to graduate. <laughs> yeah. uh, so my senior year, I was a teacher's aide for the entire second half of the day. So and this cool. teacher was a pretty cool guy. And, uh, you know, he had a little room in the back of his room that he just let you do whatever you wanted in. As long as you graded the one one thing of homework he gave out a day. If if that it was if that. very it was a weird we're like, oh, so we would bring in. He had an old Mac back there. We played a lot of shuffle puck and missile command. Yes. Uh, as well as I started bringing in the N64 and we would play Mario Kart and the Killer Instinct as well. Yeah. And maybe watch uh, some reruns of uh, Dinosaurs. That's right. Uh, depended on who got to the TV first, but <laughs> yeah. That, uh, but another thing I remember about playing the Killer Instinct 64 is there was a time when I remember friend of the show and brother of previous mention, Larry. His name is Bill. We've heard of him before. Me and him and another friend, Dave, would frequently hang out and take turns playing the N64. I think Dave's brother might have had this. I think it was this and Pilot Wings 64. We used to screw around on that while one or two of the other people would be on the AOL chat, chatting up babes. Oh, man. Or trying. Trying to find that cool chat room. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, good times for bored teenagers who did not drink. Yes. <laughs> Supreme victory. Well, Nick, what was your more recent experience with Killer Instinct for the Super Nintendo? Well, I thought I could just slide right back into this game. Well, and not not so much with a few characters <laughs> i was able to get it down with a few characters get my combos and stuff going but i could barely get to idle on yeah, the as, normal difficulty as the years have gone on i have played more and more fighting games just because there are more out there i also wanted to play with you guys and my son has uh you know become a fighting game kid to some degree mm-hmm mm -hmm. And so I thought that, you know, revisiting this game, I would have some level of competency. And it turns out I do not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had a really hard time doing any of the big combos and even getting off like a lot of normal moves. I found the timing was a little weird. And we'll get into that on some of these special moves. And so I did not beat this game at all. I played every character. I played with each person until I could do almost all of their moves. But even at that rate on easy, I never made it to the end of this game. I was able to, I made it to the, I didn't beat it because I wasn't really going to cheat. I don't know. It's kind of hard to do with, you know, safe state doesn't really help you that much, but mm -hmm. I was able to get ultras and stuff like, but as a youth, you know, Glacius was my favorite character. Uh, oh. I liked, uh, I liked him a lot, uh, but I, I, I could not get any combos with him. I, I, interestingly enough, the one I did best with was Jago, uh, who was <laughs> not my favorite uh, as a kid. I also did a little better. I was able to get some good stuff with full gore, but other characters I used to use and love, like Spinal, I couldn't do jack squat with. It was uh, it was interesting to see what, what lasted through the years. I did uh, play with my son a bit. I was trying to play the arcade game, and the arcade game, it is really interesting. It has... It was one of the first games that had a hard drive. Oh, wow. Uh, to really pump those silicon graphics uh, rendered sprites out or whatever they were. And therefore, like, it's it's a little harder to emulate. So it is oh. not on my my main cabinet there. And uh, we played two player on the big TV. But, you know, he really liked the design of a lot of the characters. But he mm -hmm. also just could not get into that combo system. But also we were dumb and didn't look at the manual. So that probably didn't help. 
Uh, well, yeah, it's uh, we're just going off move lists, you know. Right, right. So you did not beat the game this time, Nick. Uh, did you? How did you play it on normal? I started on the lowest difficulty and was just kind of playing around, working my way up with some different characters, you know, trying to get my bearings. But once I got up there, I, I would get to the the end and just didn't really feel like fighting. It wasn't. <laughs> I did watch on YouTube all of the endings, so uh, as did I, and they are very interesting. Yes, they are. Can't wait to talk about them in just a moment. <laughs> All right, folks, here we are in the general chat portion of our show. I would just like to start by saying, for a game with killer in the title, uh, this game is fairly tame. Yeah. Have you watched any, like, I checked out some arcade videos, and it's way bloodier. Yeah, you know, they said they weren't going to restrict this game when it came home to the system from the arcade, but it really looks like they did because there's none of the blood and guts. Well, like, in the arcade for your victory scene after the battle like for saber wolf it shows him like covered in blood and shredding a piece of meat in his jaws it's pretty cool that's not on super nintendo (laughs) nothing like it at all and while we haven't got into the specifics of every character yet i would like to point out that these characters are weird it is a weird collection of uh disparate characters it is it's uh, part of the charm i think it has it's kind of a goofy mix of extreme 90s fighters yeah And some hearkening back to the earlier days of stop motion animation. Sure. Yeah, yeah. It is cool, but it is also, uh, to me, it looks like this is someone looking at uh, Street Fighter 2 and Mortal Kombat and going over their rosters and saying, what haven't they done yet? It it definitely has a more sci-fi vibe to it with a lot and more creatures and stuff. So, you know, I think it's fun. Yeah, I mean, that's actually what draws me to it the most is I, I, I do like that it's not just a bunch of dudes or magic dudes. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, being a, a port of an arcade game, which I think still looks pretty good. It was one of the better looking like polygon style kind of. Oh, yeah, it looks I think the arcade game holds up real well. Unfortunately, translating that to digitized SNES graphics, it doesn't. Yeah, it's kind of well, rough. Yeah, I feel like if they would have had more frames of animation. It might have been able to pull it off. I think that is the biggest negative about the graphics is that, you know, there's a certain amount of choppiness where it's like if they would have put some motion swipes or something on some moves, kind of how they do with more pixel art games like Street Fighter, it would have been all right. Like Mortal Kombat could get away with the choppy animation because it kind of harkens back to goofy kung fu movies. But this, not so much. And since they're drawing from animated sprites or, you know, 3D models, it just looks really kind of just rough, not like polished. Yeah, yeah. The backgrounds are okay, but I think on a whole, the game's a bit dark. Mm, very I, much You so. know, like uh, that kind of works against it, I think. And the, the different locations don't really feel that different. There's not enough going on in the backgrounds or things to interact with in the stage that makes me feel like I'm in a, a whole new area. Yeah, there's just a few. You can knock people off the tower sometimes. Yeah, and that is cool. There are, a, you know, a couple extra, well, I guess, a, a levels where they, you can knock people off and you get a special animation of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I do like that. Now, I do have to admit, I was a little surprised, and we'll get into this, into, uh, uh, with Orchids, one of her uh, final moves. Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it gets a little racy there, more racy than I would expect on the Super Nintendo, hey, especially yeah. once they cut all that gore and blood out. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy, but I, I think the kind of lame 90s extreme, like, I don't know, It's it was kind of a groaner for me at the time, but now it has a certain nostalgic charm to it where I'm just like, ugh. You know, like clumsy old men trying to be or old people trying to be young and hip and extreme or where I don't know. It it has an interesting balance that I find hilarious. Yeah, I do uh, agree with that. There is a a certain level of 90s charm that sticks around. It doesn't try to be uh, well, it does try to be very hardcore, but it doesn't succeed enough to make it to groan worthy nowadays. It just makes it hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of 90s, uh, what did you think about the music to this game? You know, I really liked it, but not because I think it's good. I I kind of, yeah, I like it both ironically and unironically. Like, it's it reminds, it's very mid-90s industrial techno, like, yeah. 
again, kind of clumsily. I don't know. I, I just really, I had a blast listening to it because a, I had some nostalgia for it, but yeah, it's we, also we, we both were its time. not, you know, we were both into that scene of music to a degree. And it is so funny to see the, the video game take on it, but it's just, it is so cheesy. I did love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good stuff. I think they did a good job of incorporating. I mean, again, I didn't play it too much in the arcade, but the, you know, the core combo system, there's some, and some other interesting adaptations from other previous games that I, you know, like some people have moves that, that can be done in the air or charge moves. You can do the, you know, if you have to charge back and then forward, you yeah. got just like in Street Fighter, the later ones, you can do the reverse. So you don't have to be constantly backing up. You can charge forward and back. And, and you know, I, I feel like they did a good job of picking and choosing what would mix with their intended system and what wouldn't, you know? Yeah. And I feel like this game it definitely is rewarding for the more technical, uh, you know, fighting game players. Uh-huh. Like if you really know your stuff, you can be really good at this game. Yeah. In, yeah. In my memory, I feel like this was like the number three fighting game for a while. Yeah. I, I at least I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of always viewed it as such myself, you know, until the Tekkens and whatnot came out. This was the third fighting game pillar. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, once the 3D fighting games came out, you know, the, the playing field was leveled. But this was above your you know, SNKs and your Primal Rages. But it, it definitely was not on par with the big two. No, no. And it, it's kind of interesting because to me, I was always drawn to it because I couldn't really do combos in the other games. Like here, it tells you how and as a strict, as we mentioned before, formula to it that once you once you figure that out, it's kind of abstract at first. But once you get it, you're good to go like uh it, yeah. it's fun and, and it made it easy to do these like flashy combos that i could not and have never been able to pull off in other more skilled fighting games i guess which to me is crazy because i know you've played a lot of fighting games over the years and put a lot of time into those fighting games well it's just it's tricky the, depending on the timing the combo timing and how difficult it is I, I was never able to do them reliably in like street fighter but here it's more forgiving i guess <laughs> yeah and, you know, once you explained it to me, especially with the original control scheme, it does make me want to go back and try that out. And I think I could probably pull off more combos now that I understand the formula. Yeah. And, you know, it's just getting used to the timing, too, is that's the, the biggest and hardest part of it. Yeah. Now, I will say that I, I feel like uh, control wise, I did have a harder time pulling off some of the same type of moves that I would have in other fighting games. I felt like they want you to go from weird angles sometimes, like a 45 to 45, and on a D-pad, that's just kind of clumsy. See, I actually found that easier because a diagonal as the starting and ending input means that, you know, left to right, you know, it'll accept a left or a down. Like, you, I found it to be easier for my sloppy thumb, you know, in a weird way. Gotcha. So. But are you also holding the controller in your weird claw formation? No, 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 not for, not for this one. Okay. <laughs> not for fighting games, no. Um, but I, I, I thought that if I was playing this in the arcade, it probably would have been real easy. Yeah, I could see that. Also, about the combos, one thing that I forgot to kind of mention before is that don't be intimidated if you can't get the the super long combos because much like most fighting games, this one here, you know, your your attacks get kind of I don't know if I want to say exponentially, but they get weaker the longer the combo is like your the first hits are the strongest and each successive hit is, is does a little less damage so frequently like in order to fight against uh good old larry i you know i often you stop doing the long combos because you're just setting yourself up for a combo breaker like you just want to do the three or four hit ones because they're safer and you get the, the strongest hits out of those actually you're still doing maybe not most but a, a great deal of damage that you would with a much longer combo and it's it's more I don't know it's a interesting way that to strategize. Yeah, I feel like those infinite combos are just like a or the really super long ones are just a way to show off on uh, lesser skilled players like myself. Yeah, it can be, but I mean it's something that it, that is fun. Or even if it's just against the computer, it looks more impressive to someone who doesn't know what's up. So it, it does have that kind of bonus there. <laughs> All right, folks, this is where we would normally take a game level by level, but each stage is basically the same. What changes is the opponent in each stage. 
So we're sure. going to go character by character through this game. All right. Well, let's start with uh, the first one in the manual, which I am, you know, looking at now. And it is as glorious and hilarious as uh, Nick has said it is. And we will start with TJ Combo. Yes, TJ Combo. I love TJ Combo's story because he was a previous heavyweight champion of the world for five years until stripped of his title. It doesn't mention it here, but part of it is that he was found to be using cybernetically enhanced arms. Oh, that'll get you. Yeah, so he's here now to get get his uh, fame back and such. I guess he didn't save any of the money he made. I Yeah, apparently not. Um, I feel like you would, being the heavyweight champion for five years, would really set you up well. Yeah, well, you think the good times will never end when you're on the top, but... TJ Combo is probably my least played character. Um, I never really liked the boxers and fighting games much. So I'm going to be honest. I kind of liked him because he's so fast. He is. He is. Yeah. And yeah. you can kind of get into an E-Honda thing with him. Oh, right on. Uh, with his like, I don't know, he's got a punch that you can just hit a bunch and he punches fast. All of his moves are all charge back and forward. And with each of the six buttons is a different move. Sort of. Yeah, that's pretty cool. They're all punches or knees. Mm hmm. He did, he did some cool like cyclone punch type things, spinning attacks. Yeah, he's got his uh, medium punch one, the roller coaster, where he does a, a roll and goes through fireballs. So that's nice. Oh, I wish I knew it went through fireballs. That's cool. And his no mercy move is pretty cool. It's a giant punch and knocks you into the screen a la Battletoads. Yes, it's uh, I hate it. It's humiliating. And then I think he has a second one that snaps your neck, possibly. I don't think I saw that one. Yeah, yeah. So pretty cool, but nothing too crazy. I imagine it's based on something much cooler from the arcade. Mm -hmm. And then uh, as far as his humiliation goes, it's the same for everyone. Yes, it's uh, you get a little disco tune that comes out and they do a goofy little dance. Yeah, we're not going to tell you exactly what makes each dance different, but uh, I would say it's almost worth going to watch on on YouTube. Well, I will I will throw this out there uh, when forced to dance spinal does the Charleston I was going to bring that one up. I did like it a lot. It's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> and then following uh, TJ, we have Jago. You know, you didn't yes. give us their age or weight. You really dropped oh. the ball there. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, TJ Combo is a young fella not at 20, 25 years old. He's yeah. six foot one and weighs 220. I'm really interested to see how this plays out because Jago is all, only 21 years old. He's five foot eight and 190 pounds. And he is your most standard fighting game character. Yes, he's kind of your Ryu or Ken of this, although he does have a sword on his back, so he's got a bit of more of a ninja thing. Oh, yeah, he definitely looks more 90s than any of the others. Oh, yeah. He has uh, the Endokuken, which is a fireball. Uh, it's distinctly not a Hadouken due to copyright yeah. issues. No, it's no. It's an though... <laughs> or whatever you just said. Yes. Uh, he has a his little wind kick where he just does a kind of round flying roundhouse at you. That's a That's your attack that takes you across the screen you get a little laser sword slash and the tiger fury is just a dragon punch mm -hmm. and you know you really bury the lead there he has a laser sword he doesn't use very rarely and when you do it he does kind of a goofy circular slash and that's it it's not as cool as you would think uh but his mercies are his i'm sorry his no mercies are much cooler he has one where he slashes and then stabs you with that laser sword oh yeah but the best one is where he drops a car on you. Yeah, he kind of meditates and I guess telekinetically does that. And it is a horrible looking car. It's re well, it's like the one car they have it, you know, that like pink. Its proportions Cadillac just look one. very strange. It the, yeah, it's a goofy looking model for certain. And uh, next up we have Fulgore. Yes, Fulgore. This is a test for a ultra tech robot assassin. Basically, he is one year old. Mm-hmm. And is 6'5", and his weight is 560 pounds. There is no way a boxer could be fighting a 560-pound robot. Yeah, Fulgore's awesome. He's some kind of super evil... Uh, um, predator? He's the predator. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a predator. Uh, he has... A ponytail? Laser, yeah, a predator with a ponytail, looking good. Yeah. And he has his laser storm, which is just a fireball-type shot, but... Depending, you can alter the input to fire one, two, or three shots in a row. Which is really cool. I do like that. Yeah, he's got a, a teleport. He has a charging attack where he rushes forth and stabs you with his arm blades. Eye laser. Uh, he has one eye laser that is ridiculously hilarious, though, because it's like very short. And just yes. Like, 
little zap. It's like I, it's so goofy and small that I I love it. He also has a move that reflects back projectiles. So oh, that sounds cool. really good. I mean, he is kind of the uh, poster boy of this game. Yeah, he was always one of my favorites. He has a you know lots of varied moves. Uh, I'm not sure if here. I think he can teleport in this. I'm not sure. I know he later gets a teleport and can turn invisible and stuff more in the N64 version. Pretty cool. Yeah. Now his no mercies are pretty awesome. Uh, one of them, he takes off his own head and a machine gun comes out and shoots you. Shoots you up. And the other one, he has super laser eyes and he beams you to death. Yeah, there's quite a few of these where they will just kind of fry you and you turn to dust. Got to reuse that animation. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have B Orchid, also yeah. known as Black Orchid. That's right. She is uh, 23 years old, 5'6", 125 pounds. And, and yeah. you know, I wanted to say during most of the game, you know, she's fully clothed, not too salacious looking besides, you know, her finishing move. Uh, but in this drawing here in the instruction manual, for some reason, her chest is very bizarrely drawn. Oh, uh, well, that's kind of the you see that in the arcade, too. I, the the SNES can't really depict it right, but it's a pretty ridiculous model that I think, you know, her her waist is like twice as big as her wrist. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. But her chest is also very squared here. And I don't think they really needed to do that in the drawing of it, though. No, it's, yeah, it's, well, you know, it's just that same old, look, gotta look good. I guess. But much like uh, Sonya Blade, she's just a secret agent uh, investigating murders or something to do with the tournament. Mm-hmm. And she does a lot of kicks. Yeah, yeah. She has some charging moves. She does like a, I don't know how to explain it. It's kind of like a, a headstand while, while spinning and kicking, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. I like she, that move a lot. I used her a lot, too. She turns into an energy cat. She's pretty good. She's got the her fire cat is pretty cool. You turn into a cat that's on fire. Yeah. And she, has she also has a projectile like two lightsabers, essentially, I guess. I don't know. These kind of weird weapons, but she can use those spinning sword stuff. Pretty cool. Uh, the key for me was almost all of her moves are like half circles or quarter circles or whatever. Mm. They're all very easy to pull off. Sure. And now we've mentioned it a few times, but it is uh, her no mercies. That oh are yeah, the most interesting part of character. No, not not the most interesting, but they do stand <laughs> out. Uh, uh, the first one is where she turns you into a frog, and instead of kissing you, stomps on you, and you explode. And then her second is the more controversial one. Uh, she turns away from the camera and opens her shirt. Uh, the opposing character sees what's under her shirt. His his eyes bulge out, and then his head explodes. Yes, it's ridiculous. It's uh, you know, it blows your mind, man. It would be more offensive if it wasn't so outrageously cartoony. Right, right. It definitely looks like uh, the, the the hungry wolf from the old Tex Angry cartoons. Right, right, right. Yes. But it also leads me to believe or wonder, like, perhaps what she's showing off isn't uh, that sexy, but more horrifying. That's why their heads explode. You know, you're right. We don't know what they saw, man. Maybe there's a weird Cthulhu face or something down. There. Yeah, you, you can never tell. Why did our minds go there to begin with? Shame on us. Shame on you. Next up, we have the slightly somehow less offensive or just as offensive Chief Thunder. Chief Thunder, yes, he is 42. He is six foot two and he weighs 280 pounds. And he is our uh, Native American. He's the mystical defender of the Native American people. Yes, that, that tired old trope. He, he's here to solve the mystery of his brother, Eagle, who disappeared in the previous year's tournament. Now, I will say, even though he is a pretty uh, tropey character, I do like his design with his awesome uh, mohawk and mm -hmm. two axes. Yeah, his two hatchets. Uh, and he has several moves he uses, like he does have a, he shoots a little phoenix out. That's his projectile. He has mm -hmm. a, a big kind of flying headbutt where he gets like a energy on his mohawk and kind of swoops it up. It's, it's pretty cool. Is that what that is? That's how to I me, it looked like it. his his forehead just got real big when he did it. Oh, okay. Well, I'm pretty sure that's what, it, at least that's how I your, read it. Your version sounds way cooler than mine, so I'm, I'll go with that. Yeah, and he's got, you know, a, a spinning forward, you know, he hits you a couple times with the tomahawks and such, so. Which, those are some cool moves. Yeah, he, he's a cool move. Uh, I, had, I had a friend who enjoyed using him a lot, so I, I fought him frequently. Mm. Now, Chief Thunder's No Mercies, uh, we have the first one, is his Call of the Lightning. Which is just what you would imagine. Uh, Fries him good. It looks pretty familiar to some other ones we've seen. Now, I, I do want to say that's only on the SNES. All, a lot of these No Mercies, you know, in the arcade are more distinct because they they look different. There's different, you know, here it's just like, oh, it's the lightning bolt again, but it's a different color. Yeah, yeah. And then his second one is uh, he hits you with his tomahawk, and then 
this one is character specific. Sometimes you change into another creature or whatnot. I believe this is preceded maybe both of them by a probably offensive short rain dance or something. Mm, great. If I if I remember right. So, yeah. And now we get into the more fantastical characters of the game. If, you know, a killer robot wasn't that fantastical. Uh, next up is <laughs> Riptor. That's right. Riptor is four years old, seven feet tall, and weighs 700 pounds. Mm. And is just a giant kind of velociraptor, essentially. Those were big, so hey, let's throw one in, too. It's a, created by Ultratech, and is this is another test. You know, as much as I wanted to love using Riptor... I did not enjoy using him that much. Riptor's all right. Riptor was one I could still get my uh, my killer combos on. Um, oh, nice. It, it, he's just kind of, he's got some weird moves. Like he has, uh, he flips, does a tail flip, and you can use that with uh, to knock people out of the air and stuff. And his his combos mostly come from his charge moves because he has, he has some quarter circles as well as a couple charge moves. Yeah, he's got like a venom uh, shot he does. Which is cool. You can do that in the air. Oh, nice. So Riptor's No Mercy moves. The first one is him spitting acid on you and melting you. Ooh, not a way, not a good way to go. Definitely not, no. The more gruesome one is the second one in which the screen turns black. And when you return to vision, well, it's heavily insinuated that Riptor has eaten you whole. Yes, he is a huge snake-like protrusion in his, his stomach and is kind of laying there all fat. So joke's on you, man. Time to move on to my next character, Spinal. That's right. Spinal is 2,650 years old. He's only five foot five and weighs 110 pounds, for he is a skeletal warrior. And when we say skeletal warrior, we mean just the skeleton warrior out of Jason and the Argonauts. Pretty much. Uh, it's, um, you know, you got a sword and a shield and you... It somehow... looks like they just rotoscoped it from that movie. Like, Yeah. He's one of the sprites, I think, that looks the coolest in the arcade, but here on the suffers the most on the Super Nintendo. Either way, you're playing as a skeleton, which is awesome. Yes, uh, Spinal is an awesome character here because I, I guess he was they they Ultra Trek found a way to revive him without any organs. Yeah, Spinal is interesting because he's one of the more unique characters. You you have a teleport. Uh, you mean a skeleport? Uh, yes, right, and you can do that in the air. You know, you get a slide kick and a, your soul sword, like it's a fire sword attack, which is pretty cool and strong. But okay. I do want to point out that almost everyone's moves to this point have been things like somersault, phoenix, uppercut, tail flip. And they have spinals moves as skeleport, power devour, searing <laughs> skull, soul sword, bone shaker. That's right. I mean, this someone went above and beyond with these names and I'm loving it. Well, and that aforementioned power devour is one of the things that makes spinal cool because you can absorb projectiles and maybe some other attacks and then you will have a little skull icon that floats below your life meter okay and you can either shoot that out where that's your searing skull okay it will consume one of those you can hold up to five and you have a super searing skull which is even faster and that will take up two. But if you absorb more than five, you'll take some damage and you'll go down to one skull. But it powers up like some moves, especially the soul sword. You get like a second slash and some extra range just for having a skull. Oh, that's really cool. So, yeah, it's, it gives you this weird kind of extra things that uh, I like. I like that a lot, too. And Spinal's No Mercies are, well, the good old lightning from the sky. Turns you to dust again. And then... Uh, the second one, he uses that big shield of his and stabs you with a spike on it. Yeah, it's like extends out. This is one that looks pretty sweet in the arcade and really looks bad on the in, on the Super Nintendo, sadly. Yes, yes, indeed. And next up, we have Saber Wolf. And just so there's no confusion, it's spelled S-A-B-R-E-W-U-L-F. That's right, which is the name of a an old rare game. I think it's a call back to that that i've actually checked out it's on like the probably the zx spectrum or something but it's oh cool kind of a neat little like game where you saber wolf is the bad guy and you're journeying around and searching for it or something ah, i haven't looked at it in a while i totally forgot about it till just now but it was one of their bigger games i think well if any of you brits are listening and know about saber wolf let us know please fill us in but saber wolf the character is 45 years old Mm -hmm. Is 5'11 and weighs 400 pounds. That's a heavy wolf. 
It is. It is almost as heavy. I think it's funny that Riptor is heavier than a robot. That is a little awkward. They were using some space age materials though in that Fulgore. I would imagine so. A lot of so. carbon fiber, etc. <laughs> and in Saberwolf's story is he's just trying to win the tournament to get a cure for his lycanthropy. Oh, okay. And like, do they have the cure at that that corporation? I think so. He, I know his in his ending he gets cured. Okay. I wonder if that's like in the same division that's reviving skeleton uh, Who knows? armies. They're, they have like a whole division of like weird uh, movie monster slash sorcerer. They can do powers. what they want, man. They're ultra tech. Truly. And Saber Wolf's No Mercy, his first one. He has one where he grows this. It's It looks kind of like his pinky. Yeah. I was going to say something happens on his hand. He gets a real big claw and just stabs you with it. Again, looks way cooler in the arcade but i think his other one he just does an uppercut and smacks you into the screen a la tj combo right yes indeed finally we have the the double team uh starting with glacius that's right his age is unknown but we do know that he's 6'3 weighs 300 pounds and glacius is an alien creature that crash landed and he's hoping to use some ultra tech to get back home Mm -hmm. this is my favorite character He's kind of similar in effects to the T-1000, so which I was I was going to say, with. this is a T-1000, way more than it is, say, Sub-Zero. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, he turns his hand into a big ice thing. He can turn into a puddle, teleport, uppercut you. I mean, uh, waves. Alex Mack was your favorite show also, right? <laughs> not not quite, but I you did were, like I thought that. you were into all the forms of people turning into puddles, you know. Uh, I prefer the Capri Sun commercial in that pool. Ah, I agree. Uh, it's the best one. Um, but I do like, another thing I like about Glacius is he sounds like a weird cat. He, he does make weird noises. Feline now, growls. Does he have the one that's like the, uh, you go into the puddle and then come out with the uppercut? Mm-hmm. That move is awesome. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, I, use it on, I use it on my son a lot. Still do. I, I like in his combos, too. If you use it as a finisher, he'll come out and hit him three times. <laughs> oh, nice. So Glacius actually has three No Mercies. Oh. Uh, in his first one, he melts underneath you and then melts you as well. Pretty sweet. Uh, the second one, he turns into liquid and then wraps himself around you. Pretty and, like, deadly. absorbs you into him. Right, right. And then number three is probably what I was going to think is your favorite from childhood, where he turns his arm to a spike a la T-1000 and stabs you with it. That's right. Also freezing you. Pretty deadly. And pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Now the other side to Glacius's coin would be Cinder, the fireman. That's right. He's 31 years of age. He's six foot two, and he's weighing in 195 pounds. And he was a convicted it, criminal who agreed to be an experiment in order to gain some freedom. So now he's a flaming man. So not also an alien. No. And Cinder's another one I enjoyed a lot. Uh, he's got some cool moves. Um, of course, he can shoot a fireball. He has like a little torch that comes out. It's kind of goofy. Um, yeah, it's very little and goofy. Uh, he's got a uh, kind of dragon punch kick where he does a flip. Pretty cool. Back flip. I guess it would be more of a uh, flash kick, really. But uh, he's got some stuff where I think it's his mirage where he, he turns kind of darker and then projectiles will go through you. And he has a quick move where he can he turns into a little flame and, and can go across the screen and, and you can do that in the air too it's like his little charging attack move that i i enjoy now can he also go invisible kind of i think there's a, a thing about that but i never because if so you i i i i did it with him or one of the other characters and you go invisible but you still have your shadow so it's pretty useless oh sure yeah 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 i think he does i know later in, in the later games fulgore can do it as well but I always like Cinder. He felt like a quicker, more responsive character. Yeah, he's uh, interesting. Not one I used a ton, though. And Cinder all just has those two no mercies. Uh, his first one, he throws lava at you, which also melts you. And the other one is uh, he uses some sort of flame power. Yeah, it's just one of his normal moves. It's lame. Not oh, in the arcade, though. It's like a, a at least it's a, a distinct fire attack. It's okay. Not, yeah, I, I thought that was pretty lame. Kind of disappointing here. Hmm. And you just turned to dust, I think, on that one. As is tradition. It is. Now, there is one other character in this game, and that is the final boss. That's right, Idol. Yes, spelled E-Y-E-D-O-L, because Idol is a two-headed Cyclops creature. That's right. He's a he's a big brute. Uh, lots of charging attacks. He's kind of like Goro in that way, you know? He's a big... There is a code to play as him. Yeah, and the Emmanuel says there is a rumored way to defeat, to, to play as him. And you get the code to play as him when you beat the game, right? I think something like that, yeah. Did you have that code when you were a child? We did. I used to play uh, 
play against Larry as idol sometimes, which was a tough. Is he a, thing to is do. he overpowered? Uh, not necessarily. He kind of is because he can. I think he can do some like almost infinite juggle loops if you're fast enough. Mm. You can keep knocking someone up. And if you get them cornered, they're just kind of screwed. I can handle a couple uh, juggle loops, but infinite juggle loops. That sounds like a whole type of gathering I don't want to be around. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, now, I don't think he has any no mercies, does he? I, I Not that I know of. I, yeah, I, I don't... Uh... And, and not that this game FAQ was telling me either, so... Oh, I, yeah, I did not play as Idol because I did not beat him. I, I don't even think you get to fight him mm-hmm. unless you beat it, you know... I beat it a couple times on lower difficulties and the game just makes fun of you. It's like, try a harder difficulty next time instead of your pathetic effort or whatever. I was like, oh, wow, that's that's pretty, that's pretty rough. Yeah. And just so you know that if there was a specific level you wanted to go to, Riptor Stage, the Chicago Alleyway, or maybe that uh, cave, there is a code for each stage you can put in as you're doing a select, like uh, up and you know, fierce punch, et cetera, that will get you to a specific stage without having to go through all of them if you're just doing a one-on-one fight. Right, right. All right, Nick, this is it, the final portion of our show, the review portion. And of course, we use the classic Nintendo Power Review System that has four categories, each category a possible score from zero to five, starting with graphics and sound. And I gave this game a 2.5. Same here. You know, the sprites are pretty good. If you had never seen the arcade, you'd think they were good sprites. And Uh, they're they're based on some cool designs, so they have that going for them. It's just that they are so poorly animated. Yeah, and sometimes you get that digitized pixel garbage that you're just like, I don't really know what just happened. And sadly, like all of the projectiles look almost identical. Yeah. And I think the big thing pulling this up for both of us is that killer soundtrack, which I forgot to mention, one of the versions of the game, you could get the soundtrack with it. Was it the N64 one? Uh, That sounds familiar, yeah. I'm I'm not sure. I, I did not have it, though full disclosure but really that's probably the best part of the graphic sound combo is its soundtrack yeah yeah the backgrounds are okay but the designs are pretty pedestrian mm-hmm. next up is play control and i also gave it a 2.5 see i gave this a 3.5 actually and you know uh, well i gave it a 2.5 before i fully understood the combo system so i definitely i think i could probably increase that with a little more play i think that that's really the strength of this game is that it, it really pretty faithfully transfers over the, the you know that core kind of gameplay from from the arcade down like it's still there you can still do the combos they still look cool even if they're not as fluidly animated so pretty fun in that way next up is challenge factor here i went with the 2.5 i feel like it's not hard because it plays poorly it's it's got a difficulty select and as most street fighting games go i think it's pretty fair doesn't get too crazy mm-hmm. cheap or anything I, I had a hard time with it, so I gave it a 4.0, but I think that might be my standard for all fighting games. Ah, well, fair enough, yeah. And finally, we have theme and fun. Here, I gave it a 3.0. As did I. You know, it's just a lot of goofy fun. This is definitely one of those games where playing it one player is okay, but if you can get yeah. a second player, yeah, you could spend at least an hour going through all the different characters. You know, Each of you has a sheet of moves with you. It's definitely a fun time goofing around and trying to get everything to happen correctly. And the characters are just such a weird bunch of designs that seeing them all fight each other is a blast. Yeah, I agree. And so I ask at the end of every show, and we'll continue to do so as long as this show continues. Should you play this game, Nick? I think it's worth a shot. It's not the best version if you can play the arcade somehow, but, you know, it sounds like that's kind of Yeah, that's really... That's really where I'm getting at with this one. I, you know, I think that it is probably in some collections or maybe a downloadable game on things. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have access to the arcade version, definitely play that one. If not, this is a fun, goofy, you know, kill an hour kind of fighting game. Yeah, yeah. It's a, I guess it can serve as an introduction to their admittedly kind of unique gameplay style. 
which would be probably better in the later ones that, you know, but it's unfortunate that the arcade one's hard to come by because it actually, you know, I would definitely recommend that because it looks a lot better than I, I even remembered. Like when I went back and checked it out, I was like, this yeah. is actually visually impressive. And that is not here on the Super Nintendo, sadly. Who knows? You know, maybe one day we'll get to, uh, we'll do a, a whole suite of N64 games and uh, mm. Killer Instinct 64 might be on it. So keep those fingers crossed. Next week's game will be Decap Attack for the Sega Genesis slash Mega Drive. So find a copy of that game any way you can and play along, friends. That's right, folks. Do they have any orange carts for Nickelodeon games? Do you have one? Let us know. Do you have any orange tapes? VHS do you have any tapes? orange cassette tapes? Yeah, yeah. Because I do. Idiots. Oh. oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that Ren and Stimpy yeah. uh, soundtrack is on an orange cassette tape. No kidding. Wow. Well, that's interesting. And maybe our listeners have some interesting cassette tapes st- stories as well. So hit us up at cartridgecommand at gmail.com. Please do, because uh, I collect cassette tapes. They're infinitely cheaper than collecting records right now. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. And frankly, the only records uh, I'm interested in collecting from my childhood would be the ones that came in the back of a little book that was split a movie into eight parts or whatever it would be. Oh, sure. Yeah, those were the best. But of course, uh, you can also talk to us about tapes, records, or probably video games on Facebook at Cartridge Command Mm -hmm. or on the Twitterverse at Cart Command, where we let you know when new shows drop from time to time. That's right. We're hip fellows. So there you go. (laughs) Yeah, the hippest. (laughs) And, uh, you know, we do go out of our way at the end of every show to thank the awesome, the fine, the wonderful folks to give to us at Patreon.com slash Cartridge Command, because it is truly their support that makes this show possible. You know, we are just two guys that uh, do the show when we can in our spare time. And without you, we wouldn't have the money to pay for our hosting fees, any equipment we need, all of that kind of stuff. So thank you all so very much. You are the engine that drives this machine. And if you don't give, consider doing so. Even one dollar helps us out. That's right. So thank you you all. Yes. Thanks. 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 And as always, Cartridge Commandos. Game on. Game on. Indeed. <laughs> oh my god, this font is ridiculous. Oh, did you got to see the you Do know you was... have the instinct? Wow. I'm getting a tattoo in this font for sure. <laughs> I think the rest of your family should as well. I will. I'm gonna have them all get my name tattooed on them in this font. That's the plan.